Welcome. This is the Eastern Influenced Corporate Leader Podcast, hosted by Alana Mae Mitchell, where each episode we tune in to Eastern Wisdom. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Eastern Influence Corporate Leader. We have a delightful guest on the show today, and her name is Julie Lewin. Julie Lewin is the co-founder of Lightcode Lab and the developer of mindset resources for entrepreneurs, coaches, practitioners, and consultants. She has been a medical intuitive for 37 years and is a multi-times published author. Julie has facilitated more than 50 retreats and workshops, and she is a meditation teacher on Insight Timer. Julie also lives a happy and contented life on half an acre with eight chickens. She joins us on the show today. Thanks so much for your time and insights, Julie. Oh, thank you for having me, Alana. So good to be here. Oh, you're so welcome. And you, you have such an interesting and diverse background. When I was reading through, there's all these like intuit, intuition, which is really important, yeah. energy that you work with, vibration as well. So, Look, it's been my life's work. I started when I was 25. So I, I feel like I, I've had many lifetimes and uh, exploring this um, concept of energy and frequency and you know self-healing through visualization all of that has been my life's work and um, it's led to an extraordinary life even though I like to say I'm living an ordinary life in an extraordinary way oh wow wow that's really special there in how the ordinary can become the extraordinary Exactly. Particularly when you're super present. Exactly. And um, I actually have have a process. Look, obviously, over 37 years, life has evolved and developed. And what I I knew nothing when I started, um, except that I didn't like the the um, the outline of the life that a clairvoyant said that I would have if I stayed doing what I was doing and you know there's there's a common saying if you keep doing what you've always done you always get what you've always got and I can tell you when I had the clairvoyant reading when I was 25 I didn't like what I'd got I didn't like the way my life was going I didn't um, like what my future looked like so in that hour, I made a decision that I was going to change what I did with my life to, to intentionally create a life that I wanted. And that's been my whole adult life since that moment. And, you know, I had to learn. I had to learn the hard way. And I didn't understand so many things about energy, about boundaries, about, you know, connecting in with people and that you can actually retain a residue of their energy if you don't have a um a practice of cleaning your energy and so I became very ill and at one point I thought that I might die and uh, then I I said to God oh no 
change my mind. I don't want to die. What do I have to do to live? And that was only 21 years ago. And um, so the answer that I got was meditate for an hour in the morning and an hour at night. And so I developed this fierce meditation practice and um, learned how to let go. How Like I spent three years every single day strategically or mindfully trying to surrender. And I can tell you, you can't. There's, there's no such thing as mindfully surrendering. Um, am I allowed to swear, Alana? Oh, I, I think not. <laughs> you could you. communicate your essence in that. <laughs> in a clean way. Um, so I said... When I got to that moment of, I can't do this anymore, it, it literally was a, I'm done. And that was such a euphoric experience of letting go. I realised the three years that I'd been trying to let go, and I put trying in quotes, Yeah. all I had to do was actually let go. Say I can't do that anymore. And what I took from that moment was, okay, you're going to let go of control and you're going to let the universe do what it knows to do. And I thought, whoa, I'd never thought of it like that before. Mm. And so that's exactly what I did. I, I let go of the control. And I just let go of any form of trying to guide my life um, through that difficult part of my life. And so that's when the tension left. That's when um, the worry and the concern and the stress all fell away. And when that falls away, you actually have space. It's almost like you're in this container of space and that's when creativity drops in. That's when movement is made possible and then we have insights into, oh, I could do that. I wonder what that would look like. And so I started to wonder and let me tell you that awe and wonder is the mystery and the magic of leading a life that is always extraordinary. There's always something extraordinary happening when you see through the lens of awe and wonder. And how do you describe awe and wonder? I don't know if you've ever witnessed a child lying on the grass watching the ants moving in the blades of grass they are totally focused they're in awe of what the ants are doing and the mystery of you know they're they're all working and they're all cooperating and they're doing their business of looking after whatever their job is in the scheme of things and so that's how awe and wonder fills my life and that's how 
I like to explain it to people so that um, there's more than just, you know, getting up, eating breakfast, going to work, coming home, eating lunch or eating dinner, um, watching TV, going to bed and getting up the next day and doing it all over again. There has to be something more. And that something more doesn't happen to us. We actually have to take some action. We have to be intentional about how we want to live our life. And that's what the last 21 years has been about for me to live an intentional life and do things that bring me joy. And I laugh every day. I, I'm not saying I don't have down days, I do. I, I have um, the same sort of roller coaster as everyone else, but I've got resources. I've got things that I've worked out that if I do that again, when I feel like that, then I don't stay down in the valley of life too long. Sure. And I'm, I'm moving back up the mountain and seeing what heights I can scale and see what view I can see. And, you know, for sure, when you get there, you go, oh, but I want to be on that mountain over there. And we know we can't hop from one mountaintop to another. We go down onto the valley floor and we traverse the valley floor so we can climb that next mountain and but when you know that it's not unexpected that you have that ebb and flow but if if you're not conscious that that's normal then you think there's something wrong with you but there's not it's normal to have the ups and downs or the ebb and flow in life and that's part of the mystery. That's part of the magic. It's part of living an extraordinary life of being able to find something magical wherever you are on the journey of from one mountain peak to another. Oh, gosh, that's so incredible. And I feel really where in that moment of surrender that where you took us to is that the feeling of space spaciousness that comes from that and all the doors that opened up from that place as well Mm. and then as you were talking through the ebb and flows you know to have the awareness of the observer witnessing yourself going through those experiences and knowing that those experiences are there for you as gifts in a way and they're not necessarily you or you're not defined by those um that you can see yourself going through those in your like your person form your human form as well yeah yeah that's exactly right and um i don't know what made me start doing this but i started taking photos of flowers in our garden um, you know, when, I'm, when I was on the valley floor or climbing the, the mountain and it got a bit hard, I'd just down tools and I'd get up and I'd go outside and I'd take flower photos for about 20 minutes. And I discovered something really interesting, that if you go close to a flower 
and and I go like really close, like about six inches from the flower with my phone. But if you go really close to a flower, even if there's no breeze, the flower will move. Oh. <laughs> and it and the more jagged, I call it jagged your energy is, or the more um, out of alignment your energy is, the more it will move. So it's almost like the flower is responding to your energy field that we can't see, but the flower can feel. And so to take a really crisp, clear photo of the flower, I had to learn to still my energy really fast. And so I would still my energy and it was a real centering process. And then I would take the photo and the photo was always magnificent. But if I hadn't stilled my energy enough, there was something lacking in the photo. There was something missing that was indefinable, but it was a feeling. And so I learned to um, still my energy, take the photo, get that macro and get like I'd like to go really down into the photo and I love taking photos of small flowers like weeds like we would walk past them on a walk and go it's nothing not even see it but I see the the small flowers and I wonder there's the word wonder what they look like down deep inside and so the interesting thing that happened, Alana, I did this every day. I still, I don't do it every day now, but I did do it every day for years. And that's, that's how I learned to really steal my energy fast. And it, it's a feeling that you get in your body when your energy is still. And I do coaching. And what I noticed that the more I took the photos of the flowers, especially the small flowers, the more laser focused I was with my coaching. Oh, incredible. That's where I was going to go to with you. Yeah, because I started noticing all the small things, like the small flowers, the, the colour, the texture, the, the, the smaller flowers, they're on really fine stems. So they respond even more sensitively to your energy than the thicker stemmed larger flowers because they're more robust. So I think that was why my passion became photographing the smaller flowers mm. so that I could just hone my um, ability to be balanced and to find the middle line and to walk that that equanimous line and and when working with my clients my goal is to be in that equanimous state so that whatever they say to me I still stay balanced and that I can give them the observer perspective and guide them to find what's going on through their own revelation of 
by me asking questions and by listening. You know, sometimes all anyone needs is to have someone listen without trying to fix them. And so being able to take these photographs has taught me how to do that. So everything is nature. Yeah. And I'd love to take tap into what you were talking about from the coaching perspective with having that equanimous, if I can get my words right, <laughs> view. Um, what it is like to be in the presence of a leader who has that capacity or even for you in that capacity with your people, what has that done for your people? The biggest thing I would say, Alana, is that they feel empowered. They feel safe, that every, everyone says how safe they feel that they can be, do, say, whatever is going on in their world without being judged. Mm. So to, for the coach or the consultant or the leader, the manager, the magical part of your role is for your client, your, your employee, your staff to feel safe, to show up as they are and then elevate them and to elevate them in a way that feels like it's their magic that it's something that they've done not something that you've done does that make sense absolutely I hear that in a in a in its fullness and also have the view of the having the container for Mm -hmm the the person and holding the space so I really feel like looking back and and listening to all the depth that's in your story and your journey there is really that process of how you surrendered created the space and opened into the space and then offering that as a service to other people so you really went first absolutely Absolutely. And, and I really like the way that you said that, Alana, because when I work with people, I don't ask them or suggest anything to them that I haven't done myself. Why would I do that? Because I, I think that the best way is to show the way. Yeah talk the way yeah the being the change being the change that you want to see yes I'd love to take us to one of the questions um, on so being the change and being more conscious in your in business and whether it's your business or whether it's um, an organization that you work for what are some of the when you are more conscious, what are some of the ways that you shift, we'll go to the energy, shift the energy in being more conscious in that state? So the first thing is um, I learned about the drama triangle, which was developed by Cartman or Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I heard that principle, I loved it. And so we teach that to all of our clients. And I, I'll tell you a story. 
I met a woman at a market and I don't know why she told me her personal story, but she did. And it was um, quite a quite a traumatic story that involved the, the family law courts. She said it had been going on for nine years. And I said, can I share something with you? I always ask permission if I'm going to share some wisdom that that can take or leave. She said, please. And I told her about the drama triangle by Cartman. And I said, so see here where this is happening. I said, what's happening is you're playing the role of the persecutor and your ex-husband is playing the role of the victim and his new partner is playing the role of the rescuer. Right. And so there's this dynamic that's going on. And then as the energy shifts, you all take on different roles within the drama triangle and it gets very messy. And so I only spent 20 minutes with her and she rang me and she said, Julie, you've helped me more in 20 minutes than my psychologist in 20 years. And I just wanted to let you know that we actually finalised property settlement. Oh, wow. Based on that 20 minutes that you spent with me because I could see what I was doing to aggravate the situation. And so what happened was she flipped up into being the observer and she could see the dynamics playing out. And look, I gave her a little bit more information, but that's her personal story. But that's the thing. When you have knowledge of the drama triangle, if you're down in the trenches and you're in the drama, whether you're the rescuer, and I'm a recovering rescuer. <laughs> I am too. Very well. Um, there, there is a, a moment when you become the persecutor because you think that you're not being valued, you think that you're not being respected because no one wants your advice. No one wants you to tell them what to do, even though you might know what they need to do. If you tell them what to do and rescue them, this is, this is one of my soapbox moments, you are actually denying those people the opportunity of growth and when do people learn the most it's through their growth opportunities and that might be necessary for something that's coming up further down in their life's journey they might need that wisdom that if they were allowed to go through that growth moment they would be prepared and so when I got that I did a lot of cringing because I've done a lot of rescuing and a lot of inhibiting people's personal growth um, because I would just give them what to do next. But if you feed people fish, they're not going to be able to fish and feed themselves. And so once I got that, when you're in the observer position, you're then able to co-create with source, you're able to be creative, you're able to look at the whole picture, you see through more lenses and you 
you have space, more space than if you're down in the trenches. So my advice to anyone would be um, ask yourself, what role am I playing in this drama? And in the act of asking yourself, what role am I playing? You're actually becoming the observer because you cannot identify your role unless you are the observer. Gosh, for the people listening to this, I would rewind and listen to that again <laughs> and ask yourself and take notes on that. I've also had quite a deep integration with the drama triangle and I'm so glad that you're exploring that, Julie, because it's been so impactful and you said that so eloquently. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So that that's probably been the number one thing that has been instrumental in me feeling that I am very good at what I do it's understanding that yeah and even the questions that you asked in what role am I playing who am I showing up as yeah. all of that I mean there's a whole body of work out there on the drama triangle that I mean, the, a beautiful summary there. If you're interested in, in listening to more or researching more on that, I highly recommend it. And I'd love to see more people take that into like conflict, conflict mm -hmm. uh, resolution in the workplace setting. It's hugely powerful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then so touching a little bit more on leadership and then you spoke a little bit earlier about energy and vibration and particularly in that story that you were sharing when you were able to calm your energy and to take those photos of the, the delicate smaller flowers yep. what role does a leader's frequency or vibration play in their leadership and how is it important from your experience I'm, I'm going to go back to a story that I heard and I can't remember who the person was because I heard it third hand but it was a female CEO of Australia Post and it could have like this is going back many years and it may have been South Australia or one of the states but CEO Australia Post I don't know her name but it was female and she was asked what is your most important task as the CEO and she said I believe I need to manage my energy I need to know that I am centered and that my energy is the best it can be because the ripple impact of my state of mind impacts the entire company Incredible. And that stuck in my mind and I thought, of course it does. Of course the person at the top cascades their energy through their entire business. And that was another pivotal moment for me, Alana, in hearing that story but then um, integrating the learning I understood into my business and into the coaching work that I do. So that that's why I go outside and I take photos of flowers. Because if my energy gets 
out of balance, which it can do, it's my responsibility to rebalance my energy, not somebody else's. It's not, oh, it's your fault or there's no blaming game. It's what do I need to do to return to balance? And you do whatever you need to do to return to balance. For me, and if anyone wants to see my flowers, it's on Instagram. And I, I feel that by aligning to the, the energy of nature, which, you know, a flower doesn't bud, go through the process of opening, and then it dies. It doesn't say at the bud stage, oh, I don't want to die, so I'm not going to fully open. Hmm. The flower knows what its role is, and its role is to be a bud, to open fully in all its magnificence and be the best it can in the time that is available for it. And then it it dies, like there's no resistance. So I find with nature there's this lack of resistance that I want in my life. So if you're looking for something in your life, don't look to other humans. Look to nature. Observe nature. Observe the animals. What's, what, are, what are the animals doing? What are the birds doing? What are the trees doing? What are the flowers doing? And integrate that. That's where the mystery and the magic is. That, that's where and people go, oh, you're so calm and you're so centred and you're so this. It's because I observe nature. It's because I take note of the, the, the hidden language that is available to all of us. And when you learn the language of your environment, then you can keep your energy centred. And then the ripple impact of that is going to change lives that you wouldn't even know is going to be impacted by your self-responsibility of maintaining your energy. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And even for people in the, the corporate world or in their businesses, when they're maintaining their energy, that will have an effect on their own energy. And then that will have an effect on the people they work with. And it's not only like the suppliers and the customers, it's also the, the employees' families that will have an impact because, you know, they come home from work and they say, um, you know, um, you know, partner, I had a great day today. Mm-hmm. You know, when they say, how was your day? And they, they share that. So, yeah, yeah. that's it. it the, that's the ripple. When... In 1994, when I was told that I would have an impact on the world if if I chose the alternate destiny that a clairvoyant said to me, I thought, oh, how do you do that? And then one day when I was pondering, like, we don't allow ourselves to do this as much as we could, and that's to just stare into the middle distance Um, and let our imagination, you know, run free and be uninhibited. And what happened in that staring into the middle distance, I actually saw a drop in my mind's eye land 
in a still pond and it created a ripple, which created a ripple, which created a ripple. And the ripples went all the way to the edge of the pond. And then I had the awareness, oh my goodness, the energy of that ripple just keeps going. It doesn't stop at the edge of the pond. And in that moment, I thought, I can impact all of the world, but I, I'm only responsible for impacting that first circle because then they're going to impact the next circle. And then that circle will impact the next circle and the ripple will just go out because if I give all of my energy to that first circle, then they're going to feel empowered to give all their energy to the next and the next and the next. And that's how you can impact the world. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I heard on a similar theme, the piece of impacting another. So when a business or an idea has a replication rate of one, it's pretty much done. It'll, it'll just happen. And for those of you who use Facebook, their replication rate was 1.3 and they said they were going to be a billion dollar company at the replication rate of 1.3. So to put some numbers to that beautiful natural analogy, Julie, is, you know, that's the context of the ripple effect that you can have in set in a different way. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and wonderful. You find your way to um, to grasp and understand some some of the universal principles, and it doesn't always have to be dry. And um, um, what is it? Left brain oriented. You mm. can be very right brain oriented for understanding or having the the inside of the concepts of um, leading a business um, to have impact in the world. And I would think that even that it is more refreshing to hear from a leader, as I'm finding when I'm speaking with you, to hear from a leader who can draw on those natural analogies and nature as it is in the world and use that as a premise for how you live your life, how you mm-hmm what um celebrate with your family how you treat your friends how you run your business like and I just think you know in my setting because I you know I have the podcast and I also have a corporate role Mm. for one of my leaders or for me even to start to use the analogy of you know when you're a drop and you create a wave or Mm -hmm. a ripple um is would just be so refreshing so I just feel to to ask the question to those listening, you know, what is an analogy drawing from the beautiful examples that Julie has shared that you could use to represent nature in your work and exploring that? That is a really good question. And I'd love to hear what your listeners say and how they draw on nature to illustrate um, what's going on in their work environment, whether they're a business owner or an employee or a contractor or whatever. It's um, 
we all are a world within the world and I believe that we're a fractal of the universe do you know what a fractal is I think I do my off the cuff is like a small slither of of something greater something like that like a like a kind of like a a a light ray is is how I think of it but do go on so a fractal is um you can actually design fractals and they're they're like mathematical art so there's maths involved in fractals and yes it's a but it's not just a slither of something it's actually an absolute replication of something at a smaller level so it's it like you can have like I don't know you you see these images of the the entire universe and I'm sure we haven't seen the entire universe where there's all these galaxies and then within the galaxy there's planets and stars and the sun and then within that we have the planet and then on the planet we have humans and then within the humans we have nerves and cells and and organs and when you look at the the universe I've got a photo of it that I share with people on retreat there's there's nebulas and there's all these things happening and then there's a photo of the neuron in the brain it looks exactly the same as the universe yeah and then they've got a photo of the world wide web on the planet and all the connections of that looks exactly the same so like that's just one example but you look at you break um, a walnut in half and you look at the walnut and it looks like the brain you cut an avocado and it looks like a womb so in nature we have um, fractals if you want to call it that often inside of the body but when you see photos from the Hubble telescope of the universe you see things in the universe that look like things in the human body so that's why I feel like we're a fractal of the universe So what did I say earlier? A fractal is an absolute replication of something that is larger. And so I don't know if you've heard about the spark of conception. It's phenomenal. So Google the spark of conception when the sperm and the egg actually truly connect. There's this flash of light and it's an emerald green light. And... um, Scientists have said that in that flash, all the knowledge of the universe is downloaded into that two cells or that that joining. And so then what happens is the baby becomes a, you know, four cell, two cells and four cells. And it just does this multiplication process. And so that gets me pondering, Alana, Okay, so I am a world within this world. And when I listen to people, I think my world is so different to your world. How is your world so different to my world? And so there's a curiosity. So curiosity is another really important part of living an extraordinary life. 
is to have curiosity about your environment, about the way other people live their world. And it's that curiosity that as a business leader or a leader in an organization allows you to expand your business beyond what the human mind could even conceive on its own. And so that's what I, I also mean by bring energy into what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, because it's um, when you look in that expanded view, that's where possibilities are endless. And when you have endless possibilities, you have endless solutions. And so wouldn't it be awesome to bring through and a solution that nobody else had discovered yet? It would be. And I'm just in awe. Yeah, I, that's what I'm feeling listening to you. Wow. Just wow. Again and again. I think that's so incredible. And I would love um, to, if people are just as I am going, this is amazing. <laughs> How you mentioned your Instagram, and I'm sure that you have an incredible website. Um, where can people find out more about you, Julie? Okay, so um, my Instagram page is Medical Intuitive Julie Lewin. And I have another one called Light Code Lab. So I'm in business with my daughter. And so Light Code Lab is um, where I'm, that's, that's my next adventure, if I can say that. So probably um, they can search me on Facebook, Julie Lewin, and go to lightcodelab.com and check me out there. I've got a YouTube channel, medical, I think it's Julie Lewin. I think I looked the other day, there's about 89 videos on there. So, and if they go to my website, julielewin.com, there's a lot of interviews on there that I've done. Um, but I have to say, Alana, this has probably been my absolute favourite interview. Oh, I'm receiving that. Wow. <laughs> I haven't ever shared outside of my inner circle what I've talked about today. Oh, wow. What an incredible, I keep on using that word. I don't have access to any other words. <laughs> um, just to be able to have that level of intimacy in what you've shared in your conceptual thinking, like I just, I just think it's all so um, full and expansive. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? That's a testament to your energy. So this is this is another example that we can um, use to illustrate. We respond to energy. We're energy beings, and when we're in the presence of somebody with beautiful energy with expansive energy, we respond to that. So that's a testament to your energy and the work that you've done personally for me to actually, A, feel safe, and B, to um, be inspired to share what I've shared with you and your listeners. And that's testament to you and your resonance and your frequency. 
Oh gosh, thank you. I wasn't expecting that. I'm receiving that in. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, so Julie also has, as we were chatting before we started, um, she has a meditation that is a short meditation um, that is something who people years later have come back to her and said, I still use that. And it's what I might my go-to, it's what I come back to. Mm-hmm. So Julie's is going to be so kind enough to share that with us. And I'm going to, in a moment, pop myself on mute and hand over to Julie and I'll meditate. So we'll have that experience. And then um, also I, sh- I will take this opportunity because we'll finish off the meditation um, to thank Julie for all her like radiant is just radiant vibes and knowledge as well. So thank you and thank over you. to you. All right, are we ready? Here we go. Make yourself comfortable. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in. Drawing that breath all the way up, up, up to the top of your shoulders. Hold it and gently release. Letting go of any tension out of your body, all the way out. Take another deep breath in, drawing that breath all the way up, up, up to the top of your shoulders. Hold it and gently release all the way out, out, out. Letting go of any residual tension. That's it. And one more time. Take a deep breath in, drawing that breath all the way up, up, up to the top of your shoulders. Hold it and gently release all the way out, out, out. Breathing normally now. I want you to imagine or feel or know that you are a seagull. You're coming from the perspective of the seagull flying out over the ocean. The sky is above and the water is below. And I want you to note, what does your ocean feel like or look like? Or what's your knowing? of the ocean? Is it rough? Is it smooth? Are there big waves? Are there small waves? Are there white caps? There's no right or wrong answer. You just need to observe or know or sense what your ocean is right now. Now that you are aware of that, with your mind, make your ocean completely smooth, like a lagoon, not even a ripple. It is as smooth as glass. I'll give you a moment to do that. Your mind is powerful and it can do amazing things. So make your ocean smooth as a lagoon. 
can you feel it or see it or know it when it's smooth? And if it's not already smooth, it is smooth now. And as that seagull, I want you to make your way over land. And over land you will find below you, and you will sense it or know it or see it, a garden bed of flowers. And they are particular flowers. They are gerbera flowers. And gerberas are like a sunflower, but they're on a very thin stem. And they blow in the breeze. Sometimes they have bent stems. Sometimes they might even be broken. With your mind, sense or know or see, what do your flowers look like? Are they all up straight and tall or are there some leaning over? Are there some broken? There's no right or wrong, it just is. And I'll give you a moment to make all of your flowers stand up straight and tall with their faces facing the midday sun. And the sun is like this enormous magnet drawing them up straight and tall like they're standing to attention. And I'll give you a moment to, to do that with your mind. And you'll know or sense or see or feel when they are all up straight and tall. And if they're not all up straight and tall, they are now. I want you to imagine that you are now back over your ocean. You've flown back out to sea, you're over the ocean. Just check in to make sure that your ocean is still smooth as glass. And you will know or see or sense or not even hear whether it's smooth or not. And if it's not, make it smooth as glass. And I'll give you another moment to do that if it needs to be done. And you can do that quickly. And if it's not smooth as glass, it is now. Now we are going to travel deep inland. And we're going to be standing on a cliff edge and there's a crevasse with a rope bridge across to another cliff edge. Now you can see this or feel it or know it or sense it. And you are going to walk across that rope bridge to the other side and feel all of the feels. You are perfectly safe but walk from one side of the cliff to the other side of the canyon or the, the crevasse. And I'll give you a minute to do that. You are perfectly safe. 
And if it swings or sways in the breeze, you can use your mind to calm the elements that make your way to the other side. I'll give you 10 more seconds to make it to the other side. You're not already up the other side, you are there now. I want you to turn around and look back across that journey that you've been, across that rope bridge, and you will notice or you'll see or feel or know that that rope bridge has turned into a four-lane bridge. It's wide and it's solid and it's safe. Your confidence is high. You've done that with your courage to face any fears and walk across that rope bridge. And now you can walk across that four-lane bridge knowing how safe you are and take that feeling with you that knowing, that knowledge, that sense of feeling so safe. And as you're walking across that bridge or feeling yourself move in that space, you're becoming absorbed into the fabric of the energy. And if you are seeing, your body will be dissolving. If you're feeling, you will feel light. If you're sensing, you will sense this lightness. And now there's an alchemical flash of light and you are all the way back into your body and into the room. Take a deep breath in, drawing that breath all the way up, up, up the top of your shoulders, coming all the way back into the room and into your body. And if you feel lightheaded, place the palm of your hand on the crown of your head. And gently breathe as you fully integrate back into your body and into the room. And open your eyes when you are ready.